This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, November 19th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Politics is ugly. You don't want to see it practiced in its raw form. E.J. O'Rourke, the day after this year's election, detailed some of his new book, Don't Vote. It just encourages the bastards. O'Rourke is a Mencken Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. He likens politics, new and old, to the simple game of kill, screw, marry. We lost that election last night. You know, um, and I don't say that just because uh, Republicans didn't take the Senate, you know, or uh, uh, we, we lost that election because uh, almost every political contest yesterday was won by a politician. You know? now, in a couple of cases, angry nuts won, which is an improvement over politicians, but but it's really it's just not good enough. Now, I will not be satisfied until every seat in the House and Senate is filled by a regular person, a regular person who quite reasonably hates being there. I want government to be like jury duty, and not jury duty for some exciting crime like the O.J. Simpson murder. You know, I mean, I, I, I want government to be like jury duty for a long boring, complex, confusing trial concerning tax law. In fact, let me suggest indicting our federal tax code, just for starts, uh, which is nothing but fraud. I want government to be dull, a dull and onerous responsibility like attending a parent-teacher conference, you know, something that that to be undertaken with weary reluctance because good citizenship requires it. You know, I, I want every congressman, every senator, every president, every Supreme Court justice to be wishing, longing, begging to go back to his or her real job in real life. I want them hoping and pleading to be allowed to return to their private interests and personal avocations. I want them yearning to be sitting in front of the TV with a beer, watching Ed Crane lose money on his World Series bets. I want our elected officials to say that they intend to spend more time with their families and mean it. Mean it, you know. We will know when we have won an election. We will know when we've won an election, when every single candidate who is voted into office, begins his or her victory speech by saying, oh, shit. <laughs> no. Now, I'm working on a, uh, 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 in, in this new book on a new theory of political science. And instead of basing my theory on the work of deep political thinkers, such as John Locke and Tom Paine, John Stuart Mill and Ed Crane, uh, I, I'm basing my theory on a dumb game played at uh, all-night giggle sessions in girls' boarding schools. My wife told me about this. Games called Kill, Screw, Mary. Now, what, what, what happens is that the girls... Pick three men, and, and, and they go around the room, and every girl has to decide which one of the three uh, she would kill, which one she'd screw, and which one she would settle down for life and raise a family, right? Now, I think the example my wife gave when she was telling me about this was, uh, I think she, the, she, her example was Conan O'Brien, David Letterman, Jay Leno. Uh, you know, the girls could do like NBC did, kill Conan, and... Uh, 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 
Screw Letterman, all the other interns did, and, 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 and Mary J. Leno, right? And I'm laughing, but then it struck me. Kill, screw, Mary. That's politics. That's how we pick the president of the United States. Now, take his example, 1992 presidential election. George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Ross Perot. We kill Ross Perot, you know. We could hardly avoid a screw from Bill Clinton. And we marry kindly old George H.W. Bush. Now, of course, the outcome of the game is not, not always a foregone conclusion. Witness our mysterious elopement with Bill instead of our walk down the aisle with George. Case of the 2000 presidential election, America was pretty much evenly divided about whether to screw George W. or get screwed by Al Gore, although I think we all agreed on killing Ralph Nader. Um, I won't venture any examples from more recent elections for fear of attracting uh, attention from the Secret Service, hard as that sometimes seems to be in the Obama White House. But anyway, <laughs> kill, screw, Mary. Uh, it, gets, it just got me thinking. The game works on the parts of government, too. You know, you kill the Postal Service, get in bed with FEMA housing, marry the armed forces. Same for government policies. Screw agricultural subsidies, marry Social Security, and health care reform kills us. I mean, kill, screw, marry. It's a great tool of political analysis because in a free and democratic country, politics is a sort of a, sort of a three-legged stool. You know, it's, it, it, politics is balanced upon a tripod of power, freedom, and responsibility, kill, screw, marry. And we live in a, a free and, and democratic country, um, a little less democratic than it was before last night, which is fine with me. Um, also, kill, screw, marry is a great tool of political analysis because we're so passionate about our politics. And how do passionate affairs end? Uh, in a passion, usually, in a crime of passion sometimes. And occasionally they turn into stable, permanent legal arrangements, which is to say the endless peevish quarrel known as marriage. So how do we approach the political institutions of our free and democratic country? Do we overthrow them with violence? Do we screw around cheating on them while they screw around cheating on us? Or do we try to build something that is lasting and boring, uh, worthy and annoying, uh, uh, marvelously virtuous, and at the same time dreadfully stifling, a marriage. You know? Power, freedom, responsibility, kill, screw, marry. Now, uh, when I first began to think about politics, when, when mastodons and Nixon roamed the earth, I, I was obsessed with the freedom, the, 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 the screw part of kill, screw, marry. I, I had a messy idea of freedom back in those days, drinking bong water, you know. But, but, but I, had a, I had a tidy idea that freedom was the central issue of politics. Now, I loved politics. Uh, many young people do. Kids can spot a means of, of, of gain without merit, you know. Uh, this, this, this may be the reason that professional politicians retain a certain youthful zest. Uh, Ted Kennedy was the boyo right down to his last aged, disease-wracked moment, you know. I was wrong about the lovable nature of politics, but I was sure I was right about the preeminent place freedom should have in a political system. But there are lots of definitions of free. 36 definitions of free in Webster's Third International Dictionary. Plenty of people are theoretically in favor of freedom. We are all but overrun with theoretical allies in freedom's cause. 
We have got collaborators in the fight for freedom that we don't even want. I mean, the proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains. It's the second to the last sentence of the Communist Manifesto, and there's a creepy echo of it in the refrain of Chris Christopherson's Me and Bobby McGee. Um, Mao announced letting 100 flowers blossom and 100 schools of thought contend is the policy. Half a million people died in that definition of freedom. And we should probably keep in mind that the original definition of the word free in English is not in bondage. The most meaningful thing about freedom is that mankind has a sickening history of slavery. Now, here in America, we have freedom because we have rights. But the same way we can get mixed up about freedom, we can get mixed up about our rights. There are two kinds of rights. Political scientists call them positive rights and negative rights. Sometimes we call them opportunities and privileges. I call them get out of here rights and gimme rights. Politicians are always telling us about our gimme rights, especially the politician we've got in the White House right now, as in gimme some health care insurance. You know? But, you know, our Bill of Rights doesn't mention any gimme rights. Our Bill of Rights is all about our freedom to say, I have got God guns and a big damn mouth, and if the jury finds me guilty, the judge will go my bail. You know? Now, this is a get-out-of-here right, our right to be left alone, our freedom from interference, usually from government, but also from our fellow citizens when they want us to sober up, quit yelling, put the gun down, and go back in the, in the trailer. You know? Politicians don't like gimme here. They only like gimme rights. They do not like get-out-of-here rights. They don't like get-out-of-here rights because, for one thing, all legislators are being invited to get out of here. You know? And for another thing, strict adherence to get-out-of-here rights would leave little, little scope for legislation, something that legislators dearly love to do. Gimme rights, much more politically alluring. And this is how we find ourselves tempted with the right to education, the right to housing, right to a living wage, to oil spill, beach cleanup, high-speed internet access, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. You know? P.J. O'Rourke is a Mencken Research Fellow at the Cato Institute and author of the book Don't Vote, It Just Encourages the Bastards. You can watch the full book for him at cato.org.